you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. We got uh, questions today, and I got to say, Marcus, now that the Cowboys have signed Dak Prescott, I do feel a little bit more uh, confident in some of our, our solutions that we've come up with for uh, you know w- the yes. answers of these. Because without knowing Dak's number or whether he was on the franchise tag, it made everything in the future of the Cowboys kind of nebulous. And, and now, that it, now that he signed, it does feel like things can start to fall into place a little bit. We also don't have to answer 15,000 questions about, well, who will the Cowboys draft if Dak Prescott's not under contract? Or should they trade for Russell Wilson? Uh, We don't have to worry about that. We get to talk about free agency in the draft. Uh, But before we get to your questions, Landon, we had a pro day Mm -hmm. uh, on Tuesday. The the first big pro day, Northwestern. Uh, We had two probably first-round picks uh, perform in Rashawn Slater and Greg Newsom. Uh, I think Newsom was really the the more interesting one here. Uh, Six foot, 192. uh, Ran in the upper four threes, it sounds like. Maybe a four-four flat. Um, I know that you like his film. Did did his pro day change your thoughts on him at all? You know, I wasn't sure that he was. And again, I, maybe I'm not. I'm still not sure. But I wasn't sure that he was quite that fast. Uh, you know, the, when he just on tape, I, I I didn't have questions about his speed. But but that still is a little bit faster than I even expected. Um, just because I, I, you know, he's one of those guys that he has. Uh, deceptively fast feet mm-hmm. you know deceptively quick feet so sometimes you think that maybe those guys are actually not running as fast as you think they're running faster than they are but he actually does have that kind of speed it looks like i mean even accounting for the the northwestern pro day uh you know numbers i don't i don't, I don't know that northwestern exactly has a track that's you know quite like ohio state so I, i'll I'll, nah. I'll i'll give them some benefit of a doubt on that but right, uh right. yeah i mean i think obviously he's a guy that um was not always very heavily uh a heavy mentioned named early on in the process has really started to kind of come around as people started to dig into tape a little bit more. Correct. Um, and I think, you know, he's a guy that at this point, after that, after that kind of performance and then after the kind of rise he's had once scouts have started digging into his tape, I mean, he's, he's probably a bottom of the first round type player at this point. I mean, he's, he's in that mix uh, in that tier, probably right beneath uh, the J.C. Horn, Sertan, Farley yes, group. So yes. uh, wherever you get, wherever people are taking those corners, whether that's mid to late first round, that's likely where he's going to be at, be selected. Yeah, overall uh, tested very very well according to the relative athletic scoring, which ranks prospects from zero to ten. Uh, he graded out at nine point five, which is you know just fantastic. The, the speed was good. Now, Landon, there are some questions about his fit with the Cowboys, right? We we've seen over the last half decade that Will McClay uh, typically likes cornerbacks that are 
above 200 pounds on the outside at least above 200 pounds and they have at the very very least 31 and a half inch arms he actually prefers more than that um, so there are some questions there about his fit and we'll get into that actually uh, on tomorrow's show as we talk about some tier two cornerbacks but uh, just something to keep in mind uh, really quickly on Rashawn Slater he also had a fantastic day, and it sounds like he kind of cemented himself as a top 12 pick. Six foot four, 304 pounds, uh, only 33 inch arms, which I know that'll scare some people a little bit, uh, but did run in the 488s, which, I mean, not that important for offensive linemen, but was very explosive. Lena, the thing that I thought was really interesting, in, and I'm going to be mentioning the relative athletic scoring, the Ross, all offseason long because it's just a fantastic tool that helps us compare players. If you put him at guard and compare him to every guard prospect to come out of the draft since the 2000 season, he actually ranks in the 99.9 percentile of athleticism. Uh, that is, is interesting to me. Are you sticking with Rashawn Slater as a tackle in the NFL or do you kick him inside a guard and you know allow him to potentially be an all pro all pro player inside? Well, you know, and I I think going back to what you were talking about, his arms being thirty three inches. I mean, honestly, the, him having short arms has been baked into all of our you know uh, our scouting reports of this guy. So uh, and, and thirty three mm-hmm. inch arms is probably you know right on the borderline. So I I actually don't think that that's short anymore. I think that's. You know that's probably the, the least that you want for a starting tackle, but but that's not you know debilitative. And and frankly, arm length overall, I, I find to be a little bit. It's overrated. a little overrated. Uh, sure, sure. And especially for a guy like this, I mean, he has incredible athleticism. Uh, he's not going to need to feel feel the need with his athleticism to try to be uh, reaching for guys. He's not going to need to be the guy for with first contact. He's going to beat you with uh, his technique and his athleticism, which those two things will get you far. And it certainly can more than make up for, you know, shorter arms at the position. And so mm-hmm. for me, I mean, I think it's really pick where you want to play him. I mean, where does he fit on the team that he gets drafted? Because I think he can be a, an all-pro uh, offensive tackle. I think he can be an all-pro guard. Uh, I think as a guard, he is probably you – know, I mean, you mentioned it. He is not only an incredible technician and an incredible player, but probably one of the best athletes in the, in the game at, mm-hmm. at that position. So maybe there's a slight you know, slight more appeal there just because you think he could – his ceiling for, for guard might be a tick higher. But at the same time, tackle is such a valuable position – uh, that you know, it's not like you're losing a ton by moving him to tackle. So, I, I really do believe. I mean, and maybe that's the thing about Slater that is uh, the most appealing is that I think he can be an All Pro at almost any position on the offensive line. So if you you put Slater's metrics into this thing and you, it, it, it is still you know relative athletic scoring and it actually pops out a comparison <laughs> in his closest athletic comparison, Landon. Yeah is Zach Martin. Almost identical height, weight, agility. Uh, when you talk about somebody that has a you know experience at left tackle in college like Zach Martin did, like Rashawn Slater did, it, it's awfully hard to ignore that comp. And with the Cowboys sitting at 10, I think you could talk yourself into to drafting the next Zach Martin and maybe playing them next to, next to each other or playing them both at guard. I think that would be a lot of fun. So I think... Slater at his pro day certainly didn't do anything to, to hurt his draft status. And I think as we get closer and closer to the draft landing, 
he's going to become a, a very realistic option for the Dallas Cowboys. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I think as much as Sewell is appealing because of his youth and his unlimited upside, Slater is such a great fit because I mean, you could plug him in anywhere on the offensive line. You need him right away and let him play there that year. And then just if you want to develop him into a tackle in the future, obviously he can do that as well. So uh, he's just a plug and play player. No matter where you have a hole on your offensive line, he's going to make that position incredible. Uh, and I think that, yeah, for the Cowboys, uh, if they can find a way to, you know, convince themselves that they can get what they need if defensively with the rest of their picks and Slater's there at 10 and, and, and you know, you've got a, a bevy of other uh, picks that you, you mm-hmm. like, but don't love. I, I certainly am not going to uh, poo poo them for, for drafting a guy like Slater, because I think he can really solidify your offensive line. Maybe even a way that Sewell can't immediately because he's so flexible that you can move the pieces around to your liking and, and, and form the best, best five. Just wanted to take a quick break to tell you guys about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is Mocha Love versus Birthday Cake. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to Built Bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, let's get into some of your questions. And Landon, we actually had a bunch of questions about Leighton Vander Esch in the, the Cowboys picking up or not picking up his fifth-year option. The numbers came out today. Uh, the Cowboys would have to pay Leighton Vander Esch $12.7 million guaranteed in the 2022 season if they pick up his fifth-year option because he did make a Pro Bowl as a rookie. Uh, what do you say? Do you, do you think... The Cowboys will pick it up, should they? Uh, what do you anticipate happening here? Uh, no, they, they shouldn't pick it up, and I don't anticipate that they will pick it up. Um, I think, you know, the deal with Leighton is, is I mean, let's let's just separate Leighton from the equation f- real quick. Mm-hmm. Linebacker, in general, is not a position that you're wanting to p- pay a fifth-year player twelve more than $12 million for. Uh, just like running back. Yeah, if they wanted to, if they wanted to, uh, <laughs> if they wanted to resign him, they probably should have, they, or they probably should resign him this this year and sign him to a deal yeah. that 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 they can make manageable if they want to keep him. Uh, but I, but regardless, I mean, even if he had played similarly to the way he had played uh, his rookie year last year. Uh, I, I don't know that I would have picked up this deal. I, I would have just tried to re-sign him to a better cap number for us. And and, yeah. and now you add in the Leighton Vander Esch stuff, right? The the injury issue, a little bit of inc- in inconsistent play. play. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah, I can't imagine that the Cowboys are are. are you know, dying to sign a fifth-year tender there. I, I think it's a wait-and-see situation. I think you see what he does this year, uh, and then you kind of reevaluate where you are near the end of the season. If you like, if if he kind of plays back to form, if he you know gets back into this defense in the middle right. middle linebacker spot in this defense, starts playing back to form, then you can approach him about you know maybe a short-term extension or maybe even a long-term extension. But I think at this point. The fifth-year option is just not something that you want to have him leveraging you against. It, is, it certainly isn't something that you want to pay right now. So I, I think it's probably a no. 
Yeah, we just saw Levante David. I believe it was on Monday or Tuesday. He took a two-year, $25 million deal from Tampa yeah. Bay, and that's a Super Bowl-winning linebacker that's made a bunch of Pro Bowls and then all pros. Uh, so if he's getting $12 million, there's just no way that you can justify uh, Leighton Vanderash getting 12.7. Now, I do think the Cowboys are interested potentially in bringing him back next year. I think they're curious to see what he looks like in Dan Quinn's defense as a weak side linebacker. So I don't think the Cowboys are out on Leighton Vanderash. I just think that number doesn't make sense for the team at this time. Uh, some other news that we got, Landon, and I, I know a lot of other Twitter people want to know. Uh, what about Malcolm Butler? He was released by the Titans. That's a big-name cornerback, and anytime there's big-name guys that are out there, uh, they always want to know if the Cowboys are interested. Do you anticipate the Cowboys being interested in signing uh, the former Super Bowl winner? Uh, you know, not not really. I mean, I don't know. I, I think he is a big-time name, but I don't know that he is a uh, specific fit for the Cowboys. And I think, you know, one of the things that the Cowboys should be trying to leverage now that they're kind of going back to a cover three, cover one situation is, you know, leveraging the idea that these kind of silo cornerbacks, these guys who mostly, you know, r- are running up the field with their backs to the, to the sideline or their backs to the quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, they are not as uh, scheme versatile necessarily as some of these other cornerbacks. A guy like Malcolm Butler can play in any scheme. So what that means is that you're competing for all 32 teams that, may, or whatever yeah. the number, ever yeah. number of t- uh, teams that are looking for a cornerback, you're competing for all of them. If you're if you're looking for someone like. Rich Richard Sherman, Sherman's not going to be for everybody, but Sherman is no, a no. really good fit for the cover one, cover three scheme. Very good fit. And to the point with now you're only competing really with the other teams that run your same scheme. So I think the Cowboys should not necessarily jump at some of these big name cornerbacks because cornerback is an important position to to be certain. But I think the Cowboys should use their natural advantage of requiring a very specific type of cornerback that doesn't necessarily uh, command a huge number on 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 the uh, open market or at least you you are have a better chance of getting a lower number especially this season when you're only competing against the teams that uh, have a similar kind of uh, defense that that would be interested in a player like that yeah I think both you and I are in agreement that the the Cowboys probably aren't going to spend big money on a corner in free agency they're far more likely to use the draft pick. Uh, to fix that position so that's why I'm looking at guys that are you know maybe switching teams that were in a bad scheme before I I know people don't like this name but Kevin King is somebody who played with the Packers last year long athletic yeah he's got a bunch of starts I could see the Cowboys being interested in somebody like that I don't necessarily expect them to be in the the market for any of these top tier cornerbacks yeah I agree I mean and and if they are going to be in you know, in the market for a top tier type guy, I think it would be someone like Sherman or someone who is Sherman, a specific yeah. fit that isn't going to be uh, competing with the the larger market for for money. Yes. All right, let's stick with cornerbacks. We've got this question here from Matt. He says, "Do you have any concerns that if Patrick Sertan, the cornerback from Alabama, is the pick at number ten, that the cornerback position won't have enough speed?" Uh, that was one of the bigger knocks on Trevon Diggs coming out of Alabama that he didn't have great lung speed similar stuff coming out about Patrick Sertan would you be worried about that Landon 
I think I'd be worried if, if you didn't have a competent free safety back there. But I, I think that that's something that you should be looking for regardless in this scheme. And, and, and I think yes, that's, that's yeah. something that they're just going to have to figure out. I mean, I, I just don't know that if you're going to have those kind of cornerbacks on the outside, which I tend to like. I like those guys, the the, the Trayvon Diggs, the, the Patrick Sertan types. You know, maybe they don't have the kind of speed. But I feel comfortable that everything between – you know, zero to 15 yards down the field, they've got covered, you know, that they've got it pretty yeah. well. If you need. Well, and Sertan, especially, his technique and footwork is so good that it's really not a big problem, yeah. right? There's even like over the last three years at Alabama, there's only a few times where somebody ran away from it. It just didn't happen very well, often. Well, and again, like I think. Uh, your defense has got to fit together, right? So you need yes. cornerbacks yes. who can win early in the snap, and that's what guys like Diggs and Sertan do. They can press. They can they can cover very well to, to short areas. The longer the snap goes on, the more difficult it is for them to continue to cover somebody. But at that point, once you started getting to the, you know, we're talking about seconds, obviously, if, you know, if we're talking about snaps. At that point, you know, after a few seconds into the snap, you're hoping that your pass rush gets home and that your free safety can make, you know, make the adjustments on the back end to take away any thing that's going deep down the field so you definitely need help I mean you're not you know cornerbacks and this is why you, you don't this is why it's hard to watch one-on-ones like at senior bowl and that sort of thing because cornerbacks don't just cover guys by themselves on an island like that yeah. you know it's yeah, yeah. They're part of a group whether that's the defensive ends that are rushing the quarterback to make him throw it when he doesn't want to or the safety who's making you correct in the back end I, I you have to have those elements around these guys for them to work uh, so it is important that the Cowboys, you know, figure out something in the back end for safety, and that they continue to work on the pass rush. But I think if you have those things, uh, having these kind of cornerbacks who you can trust early on in the snaps to be where they're supposed to be, that they're long enough and strong enough that they can disrupt the wide receivers in their stems, uh, it, it works in the in the context of the larger defense. Maybe not, you know, in a uh, Senior Bowl one on one. I would agree. I, I'm not too worried about Patrick Sertan's speed. I actually don't even think that's a big problem. I actually expect him to run in the four fours. There might be a little bit of problem like with quickness, like in the agility drills. I think that's that's a bigger issue, but it's nothing that's making me worry about spending the number 10 pick on him. I think he's fantastic. I think he'd be a perfect fit in this defense. And when you talk about team defense, Landon, like you just did, uh, I think he fits in so well in this Dan Quinn defense. Just wanted to take a quick break to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and make sure you use that promo code locked on. Um, let's get to some more questions. This one comes from Paul. What should the Cowboys do at the backup quarterback situation now that Dak Prescott is under contract? Andy Dalton signed a one-year deal. Uh, they drafted Ben DiNucci. Garrett Gilbert, I believe, is still under contract. Do you anticipate the Cowboys trying to go out and get a veteran landed in free agency? Do you think they're going to spend a draft pick? Uh, what's going to happen here? I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they spent a draft pick. I mean, just, you know, because that's sort of seemingly a thing Mike McCarthy likes to do. Um, I I think that, you know, Gilbert deserves 
a shot at, at, at seeing what he can do. You know, I think that he showed you something in that one game that he got the opportunity to. Uh, but I also think you probably still need another guy. I mean, and so I wouldn't be surprised if they waited a little bit just to see how the market shakes out a little bit once, you know, all the, the starters have, are done, maybe even the first round of, of backups have been signed. And then going, circling back and seeing, you know, hey, what's Alex Smith doing? You know, what's uh, hmm. what, what are some of these guys who uh, have been released that, you know, know that they're not maybe necessarily starters but are still looking to hang around the league? Uh, I, I have a feeling that this might be a, a, an appealing place to come play, especially after what they saw happen with uh, Kitna last year. So uh, I, I don't know that the Cowboys are looking to get that sort of high caliber of a of a backup quarterback, despite how we feel about Kitna. I thought that Kitna did. D- Dalton, Dalton, Dalton. Oh, Dalton. I was Kitna, Dalton. I mean, Kitna was a decade ago. That was, What's going no, on, I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, No, Dalton, of course. Yeah, I, and it was funny. I yeah. even pictured Kitna in my head when I was talking about it. But you're right. Dalton, yeah, they're about the Dalton, same. He's, Dalton's going to find uh, – a, a pretty decent job after what he did last year. I, I would agree. And so I, I think you could point to that and say, hey, like, I, I, there's an opportunity for you to come in here, potentially, uh, you know, uh, re- rebuild your career and then, and then try to, like, get a, a, a flip that for a starting job just like Dalton did last year. I don't know the Cowboys. I think that the Dalton situation last year was very hingent on, you know, the particulars of what was happening. Dalton lived lived in Dallas. It was in the middle of the COVID situation. Sure. I think there sure. was a lot of uh, scenario that it kind of helped play that. So I don't know if the Cowboys would go that, like, high end for a, a backup quarterback this year. But I also think that, like I said, like we've talked about, middle class of the NFL is going to get squeezed. That probably includes quarterbacks. So we'll see what the what the contracts look like maybe after the first round. Can, can we can we run through a couple of these rapid yeah, fire? Please. Because it, that's kind of fun. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick seems like he's maybe he's yeah. going to get a shot to start somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if he James, doesn't retire, James right? Winston? Like, I mean, that's what it's Yeah, he, like. could, he could retire. Yeah. Jameis Winston? What? <sighs> I, I, let's see. What, He's gonna get a shot. Yeah, somewhere. let's see because if he doesn't, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think that's okay. that's we got to get through the first round of, of Cam. I, th- I think Cam's gonna try to start somewhere, and if not, I think he'll okay. he'll get paid a lot as a backup. Okay, Tyrod Taylor. Yes, give me. Okay, Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, I'll take Mitchell Trubisky. See, I, I actually like that one. Uh, I kind of like the next one even better though because I think the price is gonna be cheaper. What about Jacoby Brissett? Yeah. I would again okay. uh, for what we're talking about. Absolutely, uh, give me guys who you know are not good enough to be full-time starters, but have started a lot of games in this league. At, at least know what they're stepping into when they come out of the field. Yeah, I kind of like Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. I think that one that one makes a little bit of sense. I think he's going to be fairly cheap. He's not all that athletic, so I don't think teams are going to be all that interested in bringing him in. Uh, I think you could get Jacoby Brissett. Maybe on a cheaper deal than what Andy Dalton got last year. Maybe, Maybe it's a one-year, $3 million deal. Change of scenery works out well. Uh, last question, Landon, and I really, really oh, like this man. one. Uh, this one comes from Mike. Uh, would you trade right now, before you know who's going to be available at number 10, would you trade number 10 for number 25 and number 33? Those are Jacksonville's two picks, one in the second round. The other one is the first pick – or excuse me, late in the first round – one is the first pick of the second round. So that means, Landon, you would have picked 25, 33, and 45 all inside the top 50. Would you do that? Shout out to at CD Piglet for this great question, Mike. Yeah. I mean, really great. Uh, I think I would. I, you know, I, I, it's, it's, 
it's a little bit further down than I would love to trade. But thirty three sure. is such a sweetener, you know. I mean, being the you know the first pick in the second round, that it's it's re- that's that's really tough to pass up. The question I have is that you know you are definitely taking a hit in the quality of player that you're taking first. Obviously, uh, is that worth an extra guy? I think it might be simply because the value in that area of the draft. I mean, thirty-three is the maybe the absolute sweet spot of this entire draft. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I think I might just because I think you're going to get an extra player of of quality, and this defense needs it. I mean, I, I just think that you, you could inject all three if you could pick all three defensive players, and suddenly this defense looks very different than it did last year. Yeah, so, I mean, theoretically, what you could do is something like what? Maybe you go Greg Newsom at 25, and at 33, you grab an offensive tackle, right? Maybe the best offensive tackle who's on the board. And then at 45, maybe that's – or 44, maybe that's a safety, or maybe that's an edge rusher, or maybe it's a linebacker. So you would be able to fill a lot of holes with your top three picks. Then you would also have all the third, fourth-round choices to to fill in the back end of your roster – and with the way that the Cowboys have built their team over the last couple of years, you're going to need a lot of these rookie contracts to help build, you know, guys, what, 11 through 53, right? You're going to need those those contracts. So it's not the worst idea in the world. I think obviously for me, it would depend on who's available yeah. at 10 because I'm just, I'm locked into Patrick Sertan. That's really what it is right now. I, I think he's a perfect fit. But I think at the very, very least, it is intriguing. Uh, that is it. Go ahead. Do you have any more thoughts? Well, I was just going to say, I mean, imagining, you know, getting someone like Newsom, Grant, and I don't know, like Aleem McNeil, and like if with those yeah. three picks, I mean, yeah. that'd be a pretty good haul. But you're right. Patrick Sertan is a plug-and-play situation for the Cowboys, and uh, that's pretty hard to pass up to. It was a really good question because, honestly, it really, really made me think. Yeah, and so Jacksonville, if they're doing this trade, it's likely to come up and either get an offensive tackle or a wide receiver, mm-hmm. right? Because they drafted Trevor Lawrence at one. They had to identify somebody that they really want, whether it's maybe it's a Jamar Chase. Maybe it's a Rashawn Slater, right? If Slater's available and they want to protect Trevor Lawrence, that makes a lot of sense. So I think there are potentials for, you know, potential trade ups for teams like that if they want to get creative. We'll see if the Cowboys are interested. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back on Thursday to do some cornerback previews, so make sure you guys tune into that. And then Friday, Landon, I think we're going to do free agency preview because uh, Sunday night, Monday, is when all the action starts, so make sure you guys are tuning into that. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.